Enforcement of Adjudication Decisions, Manifest Injustice and Stays, JLT Developments Limited against T.W. Dixon Developments Limited. This is Adjudicast, a weekly mini-series on the latest developments in adjudication, brought to you by the members of 39 Essex Chambers who specialise in construction law. Hello, I am David Sortel. I'm a barrister at 39 Essex Chambers, and I'm going to be discussing JLT Developments Limited against T.W. Dixon Developments Limited. This case is a decision of Her Honour Judge Sarah Watson in the Birmingham Technology and Construction Court from the 8th of October 2020. The decision itself has not been given a neutral citation number, but it can be found on Westlaw. It is a very interesting decision on the circumstances in which a stay of judgment may be appropriate where a party seeks to enforce an adjudicator's decision, where manifest injustice may be caused if a decision is enforced. In this case, the adjudicator's decision arose out of a payment notice dispute. The claimed sum was £952,579, or just under a million pounds. It was agreed by the parties that the claimant, JRT, was entitled to summary judgment in respect of an adjudicator's decision. The defendant, T.W. Dixon, had issued Part 8 proceedings to determine the validity of the payment notice. There were disputes as to fact, however, and those proceedings now continued as a Part 7 claim. The resisting party, T.W. Dixon, sought a stay of execution of judgment until the trial of its claim against JRT. It ran a series of arguments. Firstly, it argued that JRT would probably be unable to repay the judgment sum, following trial of TWD's claim. This engaged the Woman and Vago principles. TW Dixon also argued that it was unable to pay the award and, if a stay was not granted, it would suffer manifest injustice. By way of factual background, JRT, the contractor, was owned and controlled by Jonathan Woodcock, a quantity surveyor. TW Dixon, the developer, was formed for the purpose of carrying out a development of 14 houses. Its shareholders and directors, Mr and Mrs Neville, were a married couple without any experience with the construction industry. The project itself was funded by the HCA, who provided funds based on the value of the works. Uh, Relations between the individuals involved in the claimant and the defendant uh, were informal. The construction contract between the parties was terminated, and a payment notice was allegedly issued by JRT, although T.W. Dixon disputed its validity. This was, in fact, the first time that JRT had relied on the construction contract for payment. Previously, uh, T.W. Dixon and JRT had been in a different arrangement, with the parties agreeing to share the overall profits, and JRT limiting itself to sums advanced by the funder. No payless notice was served in response to the default payment notice, and JRT referred the matter to adjudication as soon as possible. In respect of a Wimbledon and Vago submission, the judge accepted it as highly probable that JRT would be unable to repay the judgment sum if ordered to do so after the trial of a Part 7 proceedings. The financial position of JRT was substantially different from when the contract was entered into, and further, JRT's financial position had not been caused by T.W. Dixon's failure to pay the sums awarded by the adjudicator. As a consequence, a Wimbledon Vago test was made out. The judge then went on to consider the question of manifest injustice. 
In support of a submission that there was such a risk of manifest injustice if no stay was granted uh, as a result of T.W. Dixon's inability to pay and all the circumstances of the case, uh, the company relied on two earlier decisions, uh, that in Hillview Industrial Development UK Limited and Boats Building Limited, uh, 2006 EWHC 1365 TCC, and the quite familiar case of Galliford Tribe Building Limited against Estura, uh, 2015 EWHC 412 uh, TCC. In Galliford Tri, uh, Edward Stuart Smith uh, partially stayed execution of judgment on the ground that enforcement of a full judgment would cause manifest injustice to the defendant. The claimant contractor had referred to adjudication dispute over its interim application for payment. It had described its application as an indicative final account and valuation summary. The final account is expected to be only £4,000 more than the sum claimed in its interim application. However, this sum was almost £5 million more than the contract sum. The defendant failed to serve a pay-less notice, and a claimant obtained an adjudication decision for full amount of the interim application. Mr Justice uh, Edward Stewart uh, found that payment of the award in full uh, would probably be impossible for the defendant, and that if the claimant were to be paid, it could well take six or even nine months before a defendant could obtain a true value adjudication of the value for works carried out by the claimant. A judge in that case held that, even though a defendant had brought the problem on itself by failing to issue a pay-less notice, this did not mean the court had to refuse a stay of execution, no matter how unfair that would be to the defendant. In the other case of Hillview and Boats, uh, Mr Justice Coulson uh, made the following comments at paragraph 33. Finally, you must consider whether or not to grant a stay in the circumstances of this case. I am satisfied that Hillview is entitled to judgment, but I am also satisfied that the purpose of the 1996 Act is to provide a statutory framework which would enable justice to be done between parties to a dispute. It was not intended to cause injustice. This can, in appropriate cases, be dealt with by the grant of a stay. I am satisfied with jurisdiction in adjudication enforcement cases to grant a stay under the CPR must be limited to cases where there is a risk of manifest injustice. Returning to this case uh, from October this year, the problem for T.W. Dixon was that it could not draw on a project account without its funder's agreement. That funder had valued the works and refused to authorise further payment. Uh, the land itself was already charged, and the evidence was that T.W. Dixon could not pay the adjudication sum, and that it would be immediately insolvent if it was ordered to do so. Uh, furthermore, the parties had entered into a commercial agreement. Far from expecting T.W. Dixon to pay JRT's costs and overheads during the course of a project, uh, this agreement provided that JRT was to cover T.W. Dixon's overheads during the course of a project, with the parties then equally sharing the profit after taking into account JLT's costs and overheads. The judge held that it did appear from the evidence that it was at least likely that, following trial, there would be an order for a significant repayment to T.W. Dixon. The judge concluded that, in the exceptional circumstances of this case, there would be manifest injustice to T.W. Dixon if a judgment were not stayed. It would be forced to pay a sum, it appeared the parties had expressly agreed it would not be expected to pay before had funds to do so from either a funding body or from a sale of other properties.
As a result, it could it could not pay the adjudicated sum. It would be forced into liquidation and would be unable to pursue its claim for a declaration that a disputed payment notice was not a valid payment notice to recover the judgment sum and further sums it claims it had already overpaid on a true valuation of work. A stay was therefore ordered. This is an unusual case. There was a funding arrangement in place and the funds were provided by a third party. Secondly, the parties were not dealing at arm's length. There was a separate agreement as to how JRT was to be compensated, and JRT only relied on the construction contract after that contract had been terminated, and, apparently, in a way that was at odds with their separate commercial agreement. Thirdly, there was no way that T.W. Dixon was going to be able to afford to pay the sum, and that sum was out of all proportion to what the parties could reasonably have expected. It did have the hallmarks of a windfall smash and grab. The merits of a payment notice dispute uh, themselves were going to go to trial. It will be interesting to see if other parties start to run manifest injustice style arguments. The case is also a reminder that the state jurisdiction is broader than the Wimbledon and Vago guidelines, and that it is a matter of the inherent jurisdiction of the court whether or not to grant a stay. Thanks for listening. At 39 Essex Chambers, we cover a vast array of practice areas and sectors. You can find out more about our expertise and our barristers at 39essex.com, where you can also see our extensive catalogue of articles, podcasts and webinars.